is dabbling and dribbling time. Uh, welcome to another episode. As always, we're going to talk about business off the top. Follow us on all the, all the social media internets things. What, what do we do? What? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the- internet things. We do SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher for all of our podcasts. Right. So you can find us there. Absolutely. But if you also want to follow us in like a day-to-day context and what we're looking social at. Social media. Social media is your friend. For now, until Big Brother, you know, Takes all that stuff. Yeah, you want to watch out what you post. But <laughs> we post stuff on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Pretty regularly. So, yeah, check it out. Um, and what are we talking about on I this mean, cast? we kind of dive right into all things Oscars because... Right, right, right. I mean, the Oscars were kind of a big deal. You, you t- Well, to you, and you tell me about it. Yeah, and I mean, I it learned. wasn't really that much of a big deal. It was an award show. We, I watched it. And I recapped it for you because I wanted to bring yeah. you into... Um, into like the fold. I appreciate you know, it. So that you can have conversations with other people. I learned about uh, the redemption at the end of the Oscars the from re- last year's. Yes, it was done. Snafu. Snafu. Yeah, all the snafu. No snafus. Uh, but we also talked about redemption in general. When do we give people redemption? We talk about that. I I got some in questions. In a very complicated way. I have some some questions. I'm sure. not I'm not settled on any answers. Absolutely. I'm just raising questions that I think about. Mm-hmm. Accurately so. Me, you know, it, with this, <laughs> the the Me Too stuff, you, you kind of have. I ask questions. Uh, questions are we good. all learn. Let's all ask questions. Delve into that. Um, and then we kind of dive right into um, Stacey Dash thinking she's black. Apparently, I can't. Um, I have no time for it. Uh, it's weird. Whatever. We spent two seconds on it. I felt like we spent two seconds too long on it. To be honest I with agree. you. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then we talk about and end off our uh, dabbling section with the great woman that is Michelle Obama. Queen. The queen. Um, mm. Just how adorable she is and what up, queen? And how she still inspires everybody and how just the Obamas in general inspire everybody still because what we currently have is hot, flaming garbage. Not the divine duo we were used to. Nope, nope. Absolutely not. And then the dribbling section is pretty, pretty in-depth as well. Because uh, we kind of don't really talk about basketball quite a bit. I enjoyed the dribbling section a yeah. lot. The mental health aspects. Yeah, we really dive into that. We both talk about our own like mental health mm-hmm. journeys in some way, like in some yeah. aspects, uh, which was kind of cool. And um, yeah, I really appreciated that. And I really appreciated um, just having the moment to kind of share, talk about that and talk a little bit about the NCAA and the NBA and just kind of that dichotomy is always interesting. And our dope people are super dope. Our dope people are really good. Because you know what? Happy International Women's Day. You all get everything. Let's do it. All right, let's get into the show, hey? <laughs> okay. Let's do it. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabbling and Dribbling. You got that? Did that, did that how was that? <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. Friday Eve. Okay. (laughs) It's just a thing, okay? I I feel like you did great. Thanks. We're not going to redo that. (laughs) No, we're going to go right into it. How are you doing, friend? I'm, well, you know how I'm doing. I do know how you're doing. I came in here feeling all kinds of ways. I mean, let's be real, though. Both of us were, though. It's been a long, it's been a long week, and it wasn't even, that. it wasn't like a super demanding week. But I came in here feeling like a lot of you weight. Were hot. You were you were coming in hot. I, I loaded the weight. 
Right. And totally. now I feel light. You, and rightfully so, like there are things happening and you were like, friend, I need to talk to you about My this. My BS meter oh. went beyond full. Oh yeah. It's... And you couldn't handle it. And I 100%, I agree with you. I mean, you actually handled it very well. That's the difference. I appreciate you saying so. Yeah, you had a little, whatever. We don't have to. We don't have to make our listeners wonder what the hell we're talking about. All I'll say is, when people own your shit, <laughs> when people come for it, you either gotta back down or you gotta right. give them the business. And you get in a business. I just, here's here's what the business is. Non sexually. No, that would be bad. I yeah, would, that would have you would have be that would be bad. You could lose you'd lose jobs. This, this and, podcast would be over. <laughs> so like, this is gonna be a Bry only podcast from now on. And you're not gonna see much of Alex. Yeah, uh, and you your week. Good? It's been good, man. I mean, it's life is busy. We had it, the nor'easter um, that happened yesterday. It I have really big windows in my apartment, mm-hmm. so it was actually really pretty to see the snow fall It down. was pretty. Um, I was really glad I walked Wrigley in the snow before it became really, really bad because he came in soaked. He looked like he just got a shower. Well, was it sticking to him too? Because that ice was actually super sticky. Yeah, it was super sticky, but I got there before like before it stuck too much. It was just, okay. by the time I hit him, it was like water. Yeah. So, um, I- but yeah, no, it was, it was pretty to see the... The water, I mean the snow, but I was really glad I didn't have to be in it or have to shovel it. I'm going to say, shout out to the people who were working shoveling snow. Yeah, man. And USPS. Still still cooking. You delivered in the sleet? I thought that was just a phrase we used. Nope, they, they do. I had a package I was expecting, mm-hmm. but I quickly wrote that off as soon as the snow came down. I said, yeah. USPS is not going to deliver this. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. My normal mail guy. My, Am- my Amazon, all my Amazon packages came in. Shout well, by, out. by all, I mean the one that I was expecting. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the courier services out there who did their jobs yes. yesterday. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Stay warm. Yeah. Stay, stay dry even because it is disgusting. True that. Do you want to get into all of this? Yeah. What Let's... happened this week? Yeah. So the Oscars happened on Sunday, what, which what? I know you're asking. What are those? <laughs> watch it all. Did you watch the Oscars? Who is he? Oh, God. Why, why are you the way that you are? I know a f- couple things. Okay, what do you know? I know... Tell me what you know. ...that Jordan Peele won for writer and director. Nope. Um, best you... looking mixed guy in a white tux. I don't think he's mixed. Is he mixed? Yeah, his mom white. <laughs> oh, he married a white girl, so that makes sense. Yeah, Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. She's very funny. I love Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, she's in it. She's really she's funny. on there. Yeah, she's oh. so funny. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's one of my favorite things to watch. People say really good things. I like Andy Samberg. And Andy Samberg is like adorable, endearing, sweet, and just a goofball. Like it's yeah. like, it's perfect. You should plug like plug to Brooklyn Nine Nine. You just you should watch it. It's on Hulu, which you have my account anyway for. So go yeah, watch it. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> um. What, so what else do you know? I know. Um. Kobe won an Oscar. Sure did. We're not even in the dabbing section. Because I texted you when things were happening. Because <laughs> I was like, this fool is not going to come watch this with me. So let me just text him the highlights. And I also posted it on our dabbling. You did. Dabbling I saw. Instagram. I saw. I lost. I was just like, it's not going to happen. Oh my God, it happened. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> I heard mixed reviews from people who had actually seen all the shorts. They watched all the animated okay. shorts. I only watched his. Yeah. People who watched animated shorts said his wasn't even the best. And the other ones were like 
10 plus minutes and his was only a few. Yeah, his and, was short. And so they felt like it was not deserved, but mm. I would say mm, he has five championships. So Right. What's another little hardware for him to have? How many times is he going to get the opportunity to have an Oscar? We're going to give him this one. So Potentially. Thanks. I mean, people had some mixed reviews about him even getting an Oscar because mm. of in the light of the Me Too movement. We have people like Are we him. still holding on to Eagle, Colorado? Sure are, people. I mean, <sighs> rape is rape, buddy. Yeah. Yes. Nah, yes. Nah, you can't I agree. say anything more than that. No, I agree, <laughs> but at the same time... Oh, God. No, don't do it. I have a... I can't. I don't, I don't know I, where to go. I don't know what to say. Cause, I mean, it's like... Ugh. It's not... I mean, it's... There's lots of, like, things about... Like, I don't fully understand what happened in Colorado, but, like, all I know is that a woman got paid off, my my understanding, it essentially. It was settled. The case it, was the settled. Case was, yeah, the case was settled. Um, and so, so there's that. Uh, but that doesn't mean he didn't rape her. No, it doesn't mean that. So. It, it does not mean that. That's not great. Like, I'm still, like, it was, if you saw the short, did you see the short? Dear Basketball? No, I saw clips of the short, which is kind of weird yeah which is clips of like even sh- a right, smaller a version, shorter version of, of the, the short, short. yes uh, i got no time i i know you're you know no ladies and gentlemen streets. and non-gender conforming folks mm-hmm. alex is a very busy person <laughs> got no time for these shorts can you make it shorter <laughs> ain't ain't that something can and I this get, was the shortest can i get an oscar gif category <laughs> that would be helpful that would be awesome um and he, I mean, he made a statement of like, oh, apparently, you know, apparently, I, I'm not supposed to get an Oscar because apparently I'm only supposed to be dribbling, 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 and you know, right. shutting up and dribbling. So I was uh, a good social commentary. Yeah, and I think people like like appreciated that. And he's also like, he's very much like LeBron in that he has developed and changed quite a bit mm-hmm. in his time. So, you know, I'm sure he has a lot of remorse for whatever happened in Colorado and all those things. And um, I am a believer of people having reform, like having, having moments of redemption and and have, and learning from their mistakes and changing, you know, in the same way that. that... I'm going to ask you something straight up. This is what I want to say. Okay. This is what I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to ask. Yes. When is Louie allowed to come back? Louie? CK. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So, this dude came back and scored 81 points and won two more championships. I was like, okay, now he's allowed to be a person again? When he had the Muse right. uh, documentary, Kobe, I'm yeah. talking about, put that out. Th- that was you a remember? Showtime, Showtime uh-huh. documentary. Yeah, we watched it. Do you remember it. how we talked about during that trial and after that, it was so hard on the family that his wife had a miscarriage mm-hmm. from the stress? Because, Yeah. And he's like, I brought that on us. Mm-hmm. Like she was gonna leave me. She was ready to divorce me. Yep. But then he bought her a really big ring. Fuck, he did. <laughs> yes. And so, so my thinking is not that that's the reason why she stayed. Obviously, I'm sure well, she loves sure. him. And they have three beautiful daughters together. Right. But you know, so when we say the Me Too movement and that case happened in 2001 or three, no, the case in Colorado happened in 2000. Four or five. Yeah, we were we were in high school because, when it happened. Because the next year he got the tattoo and he played with Gary and Carl mm-hmm. Malone and they lost to the Pistons. Yep. And then the next year Shaq 06 went to Miami. Yeah. Got it. Sorry, this is not the dabbling or the dribbling <laughs> section, but I just needed to remember it. So Kobe right. in two thousand four right. made that happen. So fourteen years later. Yeah. 
we still have the situation where this guy I, a settled case mm-hmm. i just don't know at what point we're allowed so to... i think so i think about it this way right like once a murderer you're always a murderer right once a rapist not saying that you're like always going to murder like you are you murdered someone right we yes so like it he, it doesn't erase the fact that he raped someone 14 years later so with that it means he's no longer entitled to Oscars. No, I'm not saying he's not entitled. If he makes like if we given him a platform to to make stuff to do great things like win championships and things like that, great. Like I want that for him. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that he's able to speak about that time when prompted. Yeah. Like cuz I don't think you should be going on be like, you know, 14 years ago I really effed up in every single interview or every single acceptance speech or yeah. but like I don't think that's necessary. Um, but I think, you know, people, I think we, we, I, I don't like using this term, but we crucify people the minute mm-hmm. they do something wrong and don't give them any chance to, right. to give, give them a moment of redemption. And yeah. some people, like, I feel like don't deserve redemption. Like, I don't Sometimes. feel, I feel like Hitler doesn't deserve any sort of yeah, redemption. Yeah, he know what he's doing. I don't feel like Saddam Hussein deserves any form of redemption. That's fair. Um, you know, like there's. But like the prison system. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think about the number of people. We mm-hmm. call it uh, rehabilitation. Right. Uh, but some <laughs> people think about it like punishment. Mm-hmm. And so when someone comes out of prison, people get upset. Why are they out of prison? Right. Like, well, the point of our correctional facilities is to correct the behavior, right. isn't it? That's it, why we call it. And the Oscar goes too. Sorry, but it does not always. Right. And so some people think about it in a different way than what right. is helpful, I think. Right. So just the idea of we send these people away. To go off the radar for a while, right. but eventually they always come back. Right, and it's, it's Michael Vick went to jail for dog fighting. Right, and when he came back, people said, "I don't want this guy on my team." Mm-hmm. And then he played for the Eagles. Right, and he did well. And mm-hmm. he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he they did well. well. And yeah. he would talk about like his experience and the dog fighting and the remorse right. and all this stuff. So it's like at some point, when do we let them redeem themselves? But, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it's the, I think if they were a lay person, the redemption may come a little bit easier because you're not in the limelight. You're, you know, people aren't digging back into Google to see what you've done and what you haven't done and things like that. So I think it's a, when you're in the limelight, there's a responsibility that you, that you have in your actions, that your actions are amplified even more. So like sure. when you do good things, it's amazing, right? You, you give a hundred thousand dollars to a charity. It's like, oh my God, look at. You know, like we talk about George Clooney and Mal Clooney doing, you know, giving right. money to the Parkland kids and Oprah and like, it's oh, so great. But when you F up, you like F up. Like I think of like Gandhi, he's, he helped liberate a whole country, India, for those of you who don't know. I was going to ask which country. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Get out. Um, this was Iceland? Yeah, it was Iceland. He liberated Iceland great. Um, from all the brown people um, that lived in Iceland. That was a joke. Um, but like people talk about, like he did all of these these things that were really important for the liberation of India from the, from Britain, from, from Great Britain, that people, there are people who are critical of the fact that he was a kind of like a, a creepy dude that he made young women sleep with him in the bed. He don't, he wouldn't do anything to them, but he would like, he would be, he would try to like, he would restrain himself from like, like he would test his, sexual limits by 
like a, there could be a girl I'm like waiting naked, on bated breath like by the naked way. Or, or whatever next to him but he won't touch them and he won't like he will still sleep next to them but he won't touch them he won't do anything with them there's no spooning nothing why were they in what this, how did this come to pass this is like this was his way of like like he was he was uh, you know he he went to kind of the extremes when it came to his body and mm-hmm, his mm-hmm, mind and his mm-hmm. spirit um, and so people are really critical of him. And like, I didn't learn about these things until like, I would say a couple of years That's ago. That's not in his autobiography. Sure is. And why would he talk about that in himself? I read his autobiography from cover to cover. But it's his autobiography. <laughs> I, um, but he was also a super racist against mm-hmm. black people. Yeah. 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 You still have a picture of Gandhi on your damn yeah, wall. Yeah, I do. And we just talked about all this. Yeah. And like, so that's my point. But like the thing is, like I I look at it as like the same way that I look at Gandhi. I'm like he did really great things for my country, but he was also a human and flawed. Sure. So and I look at Kobe in that if he didn't have, if I didn't hear that statement mm-hmm. in his Muse documentary, I wouldn't be talking about Kobe the way that I'd be talking about him now. Like for uh-huh. him to be like, for him to have a moment of reflection of like I did this to my family, mm-hmm. like I hurt my family. Yeah. By sleeping with this other person. And also, he didn't say rape, but like, right. I think that's probably for legal reasons. And I get yeah, that. Can't, whatever. You can't talk he about can't it, really yeah. talk about it. And, he, and that's, I get it, whatever. Right, right. But it seems like he himself was just a very different person after that. In the same way that I can't, and this is not. Yeah, he this, shaved his afro. He sure did. Completely different. He was an actual different person. <laughs> Take note, LeBron James. Um, but same way that. Oh, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, his such, hair a, I'm such a jerk. I'm such a Leave jerk. LeBron, I love you so much, but your, your hairline needs to go. <laughs> uh, but the same way that, and this is not the same thing. Rape and what LeBron did are not the same thing. But like when LeBron, wait, you talking about his hairline? No, no, but, but the decision, you know, the decision oh, that LeBron made. Like it. I can sit here and judge him for the rest <laughs> of his life about his quote unquote decision. <laughs> the ha- to, hair plugs. <laughs> <laughs> not the hair plug decision, but the decision to go from <laughs> Cleveland to the Heat. Right. And. And for a long time, I did. I was like, this man is like, I thought it was a quote unquote punk ass move. Quote unquote. Yeah, okay. Right? Just like, for the that... record, I defended LeBron. Oh, I know you did. You and our friend Winston uh, would ha- have long conversations with me about how dumb I was. <laughs> like, this girl trying to talk about sports. <laughs> Over here talking about LeBron James. <laughs> like, she knows what she's talking about. Be a girl. Cook it. Make us a sandwich. Let's step in here. <laughs> I, I do want to say that neither of them have ever told me to make them a sandwich. It was no. just a joke. <laughs> no. It was just a joke. But she, like, you let me eat those plantain chips, though. I did. I did. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but in the same way that, you know, he has obviously changed and grown as a person. Again, rape and that are two, like, not the same things. Yeah, they're very but, like, different. One the... made money for the Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> <laughs> One did not. One was not that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, like, in the same way, like, in the same way that we can look at someone's decisions and give them moments of redemption, like give them a, give them the grace to have redemption is important, right? Yeah. Um, so, and there was also, uh, coming back to the Oscars, there was a lot mm. of kind of tension about that. There's um, some allegations against Ryan Seacrest that's kind of happening. Um, yeah, I heard that. And he was interviewing people, so people were kind of uneasy about that. Um, and the guy who won Best Picture, I believe, also had some allegations, but no one's really like said anything about it so they were just like in the in the wake of me too and time's up mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's still kind of weird that, that we still have a long way to go i'm just like yeah we do have a long way to go i'm not going to disagree with that but i also don't want to just because someone's accused doesn't mean they're guilty of it uh-huh. let's 
you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. with good Louis point, C- with li- with Louis C.K., he admitted that he did yeah. all the things. He's that he like, did. I did some jerking in front of some ladies, right? And you're and I look at Louis C.K. I'm just like, gross. You know who we're not? That's not okay. We'll see Louis C.K. before too long. I will see him pretty soon because uh, he's gonna step on stage, and the first thing he's gonna say is, "Yeah, I did that." You know, that's like because he's a comedian. So you got to right. come out and talk about your flaws. And right. your flaw is that you masturbate in front of women. And like it's, it's And it's not okay. It's not okay, but he's going to talk about it in a way that's very raw. Mm-hmm. That what better place than on stage with a microphone yeah. in front of thousands of strangers. Yeah. You know who we're not going to see in a while? Matt Lauer. Nope. Because Matt Lauer, he's always a skeezy little dude though, so... I don't know. So if someone like that, I think we may never see him work again. Mm. I don't know where he's gonna work, but that's his problem. I don't to figure think out. He He'll needs, figure it out. I don't think he needs the money. I think he's fine. I don't know what his budgetary lifestyle is like. I don't no, know how right. much stuff costs each month. You're right. Probably had to downsize a lot. Probably you're had right. to move out of his building because his neighbors are all like, "Didn't I see you on like, everything? <laughs> weren't you on everything? Last weren't you week? doing other things? Do, do you have a button in your, in your apartment for that?" Uh, but anyway, so what else other stuff is it? So, um, as far as so, it was a very feminist kind of um, kind of uh, Oscars. Um, the person who won um, um, uh, actress of the what's it called? Best actress. Best actress. <laughs> best leading actress. Sorry, I was going to be like, actress of the year. No, best a- best actress um, was Frances McDormand for uh, Three Billboards in yes! Missouri. Did she? Yeah, she won. I need to go see. That's where I want. State. I've been wanting to see that movie too. So is it still in theaters? Uh, it might be, but it, it might be. It might come to like HBO like soon. So yeah, you're right. Good um, point. Good point. So um, so she had an amazing acceptance speech, which I thought was really lovely. She's a white woman, mm-hmm. um, and she took her Oscar, put it on the ground. And she got up and she's like, can I have all of the women who are nominated, please, please stand. Um, And she had all of them stand and there weren't many. All women who were nominated for an Oscar just stand. Oh, Um, and she was just like this, like this is for all of you. Like, it's important for us to like, you know, really great thing. And then she ended her whole Oscar speech with I just have I just have two words for all of you inclusion writer and then she left it at that and walked away an inclusion writer is uh, a proposal that she made that is it's actually pretty common in hollywood but not everybody puts it in their writer so you know what a writer is right like this is like i'm coming to speak i'm a big famous person i'm coming to speak it for your company your institution whatever i need water chestnuts with Peanut butter on top and right. ants. And I need Sour Patch kids and I need you like And I need tell, them cut in half. Right. I can only have brown M and M's because right. I don't do dye food, whatever. Diet coconut water. Right. <laughs> all of all of that nonsense. Right. So an inclusion writer specifically, let me just say, um, is oh my god, Wrigley, just give it Dude, to him. Can you but he <laughs> squeaks the thing to death. Um uh, oh he's gonna he's gonna break his back. Um so no, an, an inclusion writer, he said, I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, inclusion writer. Uh, so an inclusion writer uh, is uh, who, who researcher gender uh, so, so, uh, says uh, it's the ability to stipulate in their contracts that diversity must be reflected both on screen and in below the line positions where women, people mm. of color and members of the LGBT communities are traditionally underrepresented. And so 
she said that and people were like, what the hell is inclusion writer? So of course that was like the first Google thing that everybody did, me included. Yeah. Um, so it's basically saying like, I could, yes, I will work on your project, Alex. But I need. But I want to make sure that the cast, like as a, like obviously appropriate to the story. Like if you're going to be talking about like, you know. An Asian it, like character. An, like, it shouldn't be Charlize Theron. No, it shouldn't. It should be an, it should be an East Asian character or a South Asian character as, as depicted by the script. Damn but right. also... You know, pe- people even below the line. We're talking the people who are working in production, post production. Right. All of those cameras should we should be including women, people of color, and members of the LGBT community. Um, yeah. So, which is super awesome. And I believe Michael B. Jordan it has has either publicly stated that he is going to make sure that inclusion writers are part of his contracts moving forward. I'm like, brother, can I yeah. marry you already? Okay, so, <laughs> the, so just... it's coming down to the people who got status and clout. Like, it's, you're pulling the shots. Right, but like, how how powerful, Right. you know, mm-hmm. for, for someone like Frances McDormand to say that, like, I just want an Oscar, right. and if you put me in your movies, it could probably make a lot of money. You, If you want that to happen, make sure that everyone that's working here is a diverse group of people that has great things to bring to the table. How did the white men in the room look at that moment? I, I, they were they were for it. I was just saying that like they, a I collective would, all white men had the is, same this expression. Is your, this is your white half talking. That's why. Yeah. That's why you No, I'm sure there was a range of feelings of guys in the room who were probably more new age and with it and were like, yeah, good let's on do her. It. Yeah, yeah absolutely. let's do that. And, and then, people yeah. like Meryl Streep like, was in front row clapping and loving it. It was great. You uh, know what? I didn't see the post. What? Uh... I didn't see the post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, two actors oh, the post, yeah. that I love. Yeah. Because in the trailers, I didn't see enough black people yeah. or people of color yeah. in general. And it seemed I, mostly white and I didn't watch it. Right. That's kind of. Yeah. But, and I'm, but sadly, during that time, I the know. post was probably only a lot of white so people. So when you look at something like Dunkirk. Right. Which is just a bunch of white guys on a beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's appropriate to the story. Right. So it's like you're doing a slave movie with a bunch of white people only. It's like that doesn't make sense. Right. So I wouldn't put like a mixed group of actors racially on in Dunkirk. Right. Because it's not to the story. Right. So Um, I just don't. um, The other thing, our our main man, Jordan Peele, won uh, for best uh, screenplay. Oh, yes. Yes. For his movie, The um, Get In. Yeah, get in, mm-hmm. get in, mm-hmm. in and out, in and out, get in and out burgers. Yep. I forget what it's. I, that's not what it's called. <laughs> it's called Get Out, Dum Dum. Oh they yeah. They also yeah, made yeah. Um, comment to that. Um, the host Jimmy Kimmel said that like if you're taking too long to say your speech, <laughs> we're gonna have the guy who like you know yells get out in the movie like because like when the flash happens. You're right. For those of you. That's, that was a, it's not really a that scene haunts me yeah isn't it like oh god and the and the the nose the oh bloody nose god. Oh, oh god so good the, t- the fear in his eyes so real if you have not watched get out there's Oof. only one scene or well, there's two scenes for me which one was that it? Was the there's the one where he the flash goes off and he what yeah. you were just describing yeah. and then the one where he walks out on the lawn at night mm mm-hmm. mhm and he's going to smoke a cigarette. Right. And somebody runs towards him. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. I can't. I'm just like, get 
out. <laughs> like that should have been your first clue. Oh God. To not be there anymore. Oh. Um, so he won. Um, and he said, uh, so, so he won obviously for Get Out. He said, I stopped writing this movie about 20 times because I thought it was impossible. I thought no one would ever Aww. make this movie, but I kept coming back to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie that people would hear it and people would see it. Oh. Um, and the movie has earned more than 255 million worldwide. So, oh my god! Which is awesome. That is a testament to just persistence. Because mm-hmm. honestly, you how know, many things do we make that we feel like are bad ideas creatively? Yeah. You just gotta keep it. Twenty times. Twenty. You almost gave up on it. Yeah. Potentially, right? Like that was uh, another thing that he did. Um, so something that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Our girl Lupita Nyong'o. She looked amazing. She, one, she looked amazing. Did you see that that little horn, like the glasses she was wearing? No. It was. It, I literally texted it to you. Oh. And was like. What? I right, messaged. I'll look it up. I, I like believe it. it was on your Instagram. But I'm like, look at your girl with. Oh. It was like kind of like. Oh a, yeah, I saw that. With the, I was just like, it's very. Like, I was like, ooh. I don't remember the glasses. The glasses are a little like horn rim kind of esque. It looked really cute. And she wore it with her dress and it was adorable. Oh, okay. So our girl, uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Kumal Nanjani of, of, um, uh, of, oh my God, what's that movie called? What was Kumal in? Um, uh, the Big Sick. The Big Sick. And he's also in an HBO show as well. Um, made one of the night's most poignant political statements. They both introduced themselves like they both said their names and mm-hmm. they and and introduced themselves as immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Nyango born in Mexico and raised in Kenya, and Nanjani from Pakistan, and then um, went to Iowa to like grow up. Um, like, also like, a far off land. Yes, and he, and he was funny because he's like you know two places you can't find in a map. Most Americans oh, can't find in a map. That's funny. Um, and they made a a subtle, pretty actually not even a subtle. It was a pretty direct appeal to dreamers. Which was pretty cool, um, and about DACA, and uh, to all the dreamers out there, we stand with you, is what they said. So really cool to one see two immigrants be like, yeah, we immigrants, and yes, we made some movies that are doing very well, and uh, you should uh, you should know our names. <laughs> like it's not that hard, just say it. Um, and uh, some other notable things um, after thirteen losses, um, the the man who um, who uh, who did the cinematography for like Shawshank Redemption and um, Kundun, which is a, a Scorsese movie, mm-hmm. finally won for cinematography. Um, his name is um, what is his name? Deacon, I think. Yeah, I Roger Deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, so great, great job for him, older guy. Fourteen times, finally, fourteen time was a charm. Um, really great performances. Common and Andrew Day did a the performance for um, the song. You know the the Oscar songs, the nominated, the five nominated songs performed. Okay. Uh, or is it four? I think it's five. And their performance was amazing. It was very. They had uh, Toronto Burke on there. They had like a lot of mm. uh, prominent people who. Um, are doing really dope things um, into the for the world, like the chef that's feed, like feeding a million people a day in Puerto Rico. That like oh, it's not a million, but like lots of people in, yeah. in Puerto Rico, things like that. There, it was a beautiful, beautiful tribute they did. Um, the song "This Is Me" from um, uh, the Greatest Showman was on. It was mm-hmm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, have and you seen that movie? I have. People say it's really good. It's a very good movie. Okay. 
Um, I didn't know that the the main character, like the one that's played by Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. like in real life, was like mm-hmm. a terrible human. Like, wait, is he playing P.T. Barnum? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, that's who it's about. Yeah, it's about P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum is. Oh God, I'll tell you off mic. Yeah, like I've I don't know anything about him. I loved the movie. The movie was very feel you wanna good. Hear, you want to hear some crazy shit? Yeah, I'll tell ahead. you off mic. Okay. <laughs> Um, so there was that, and um, our girl Tiffany Haddish uh, wore the yeah. same um, same. Um, I can't wait. So there's a couple of things. She came in. She so she's part Eritrean. Okay. Eritrean is Eritrea is a country in Africa. For those of you who don't know, spelled starts with an E. Eritrea. Google it. Um, You're pulling my leg right now. No. Just kidding. There's people like I didn't know what that country was until I met someone from Eritrea. So. Oh okay. Um, so anyway, um, so her dad, before her dad passed, said, like, one day you're going to make it to the Oscars, so make sure you, like, like, don't forget your heritage, represent us well, mm-hmm. uh, represent, you know, uh, represent your, uh, your country well. And so she came in in an Eritrean princess attire, mm-hmm. and it was, she looked beautiful. Um, and so there was a joke, if you watch her SNL skit, she wore the white dress that she wore to the premiere of Girls Trip, mm-hmm. and her stylists were like, don't do that, like, like, don't, don't wear it, your, like, yeah. dress twice, because you're a celebrity that's taboo. now, that's taboo, yeah. and she's like, I don't get, like, in, SN- F- in the SNL skit, she's like, this was a $4,000 dress, Thank I'm going you. to be wearing it again. Okay, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> How are these women wearing all these dresses? And we men wear this same black tux, <laughs> white shirt. She said, I don't give a dang about no taboo. Um, and she, so she wore it on SNL. And she's like, this is an Alexander McQueen. I was $4,000. <laughs> like, this is what I, like, this is, this is it. And then she did a, um, she went up with Maya Rudolph, the legendary Maya Rudolph from SNL. Um, and they both like took their shoes off. She's clearly, t- she's not in her Eritrean dress anymore. She's in that white dress that she wore on $4, SNL. $4,000 Alexander McQueen. <laughs> yeah. And they were hilarious. And there's a petition for the both of them to host something because they were, they are of the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler-esque like oh, banter. Nice. It was really lovely. It was ah. very lovely. So shout out to her. But yeah, the Oscars were pretty fun um, over overall. Um, and it was long as hell. And we didn't have any kind of... Uh, no mix-ups. No mix-ups. The, 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 the envelopes this- were nice and... Boldly stated what each one of them were. I heard we had the same people like Warren Beatty and them do it yes. again. Yes. Yep. They came back and did it again and they redeemed themselves. That's good. Yeah. See, redemption is important. Second chances. It's so important. You know? Right. I don't know. Uh, I'm not advocating. Uh, I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be in the Matt Damon camp. Uh, but anyway. Um, but yeah, the Oscars were super fun. Cool. That was a that was a long update for the Oscars. Happy. Um we don't have to talk very long about this. Mm-hmm. This is our Please Make It Stop segment. Okay. It's about 45? It's not about 45. It's just about the BS that is our current country situation. Okay. Um, do you know who Stacey Dash is? Yeah. Who is Stacey Dash? Stacey Dash was in uh, several movies in the 90s and maybe early 2000s. I remember her from Clueless. She's known for her Clueless times, yes. Um, she's the ditzy black girl. She's the ditzy black girl with the braids mm-hmm. who was uh, friends with Elle. Mm-hmm. And then, no, not Elle. Elle is from... Um, Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde. Uh, How many of these movies have you watched? Ask Be if. more accurate. Ask <laughs> if. Um, that was a lie. Whatever. Clueless for those of you who whatever. didn't know. I forget the name, but she's friends with the lead actress. And then mm-hmm. she was also in this movie, I remember, on Showtime, Cinemax... 
whatever. She's topless. I was about to say like Skinamax. Skinamax, yeah. <laughs> she comes. She's topless. I remember seeing it as a teenager. I was like, oh, she was in Clueless. Mm-hmm. You could do that. <laughs> so she was an actress. She is an actress who also then went off the rails when she, she started. Was black. She forgot she was black when she started working for Fox News and saying some wild ass shit. She's she wild out. I she we, the black community got whiplash. Turned our head, said, "Girl, it makes sense you why saying? you were the ditzy black girl in Clueless because it was it was true to life to who you are. True to life, hundred percent. So this, so she wrote like from Clueless to conservative or something is a book that she wrote many years ago apparently that's great whatever so clueless star and former fox commentator stacy dash is running for congress in california um she filed paperwork this past monday i believe in california or no two mondays ago in california's 44th district which is currently represented by a by a democrat ananette bargain um just so you know the 44th district is a pretty predominant like Democratic di- district, very liberal district. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what uh, what areas it comprises of. Okay. Oh, South Central LA? Compton. Oh, what? Watts, San Pedro, <laughs> and North Long Beach has long been represented by a Democrat. So I don't know what she's smoking that she mm. thinks that she even has, like, Satan's butt chance in hell to... To win this. I'm Stacey Dash, straight out of Aspen. <laughs> straight out of Aspen. This this woman. Just, I, I have I, nothing nice to say. You know what? Say. I don't have anything I, to say. I just will, let's wait until this happens. We'll see what happens. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. But I want to see her make a valiant, a valiant effort at this. Mm-hmm. So, Again, I, just, we'll I want see. to see her reaction at the end when she goes, I don't know what went wrong. We'll see. So dumb. Anyway, but uh, speaking of, there's only a couple more things I wanted to say. Did you see the video, uh, the picture of the little girl in the portrait museum in in D.C.? Looking at Michelle's portrait? Yeah, Uh and just like in awe, right? You just see her jaw just down like on the ground and just like, and she thought that she was a queen. She thought that Michelle Obama was a queen. Oh, she said that? Yeah, that's what, like, she's like, wow, that's like a queen. Like, she was like, anyway. Oh, that's so, cute. of course, of course that, um, of course that picture went viral. Right. And as things do. As, as, as adorable, beautiful black and brown children vi- pictures should. We really should have a different term for something gaining a lot of attention that than viral. viral. <laughs> There's something I'll that work gained, on uh, That gained traction? Traction, yeah. Uh, but now I feel like I'm talking like, about shoes. It, phenomenology, maybe. Like, it, mm-hmm. it became a phenomenon or whatever. Yeah. But, like, viral? I don't know. I'll think about it in my own. You think week. about it and uh, make it make it work. Okay. So, uh, of course, Michelle Obama's camp, our first lady's camp, uh, saw this and decided, let's meet this little girl who thought that she was a queen. And they had a little dance party. Michelle's so good. And the this dance party is adorable, and they're they're dancing to Taylor Swift, which I'm like, could you have could you not have danced to Beyonce? Yeah. Fine, whatever. So I'm gonna play it really quickly. Hopefully, it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna make the sound go off. But but look at them, they're just like wiggling. They're 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 um they're dancing to Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, and it's just super adorable. Just her having the time of her life, 
and just being adorable. And I believe there's also a picture of them just like Michelle posted it on her Instagram mm-hmm. of just like, you know, I hope to one day see like look up to your portrait. Is was like how Michelle like ended it, and it just made me like it just made me like miss her even more. And so of course oh I saw this, God. and um, to the person who sent my um, Pete Souza book on all things of Obama, I just decided to just look through that after mm. seeing that video and picture, just because I miss them and so how'd you much. Feel? Um, like I was going through another breakup, and then uh. I was just like really missing. The, Go, the person that I loved. Yeah, going through your old shoebox of like every, like the, every, the first chewing gum, movie ticket. Yeah, the, the notes. The I notes. felt like it was just... Ah, oh, man. You remember what it was like to have a first lady who, you know, saw the light of day and like would come <laughs> out of the White House to I engage with the, the masses? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I, 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 I recall. Do you remember when she used to like dance with her husband or mm-hmm. hold his hand mm-hmm. or like... Just like have these moments or together, like, or just like be in a freight elevator with her husband, with his uh, jacket around her shoulder, yeah. and they're just like lovingly looking at each other. Do you remember what it was like to have a first lady who smiled? Right. Oh God, or a first lady that like loved her husband. Yeah, man. And, and vice versa. Like, <sighs> let's be real. Michelle was settling. Obama was the reacher. Oh, come. Obama was a reacher. Come on. Come on now. Now you're now you're joking. No, I'm not. No, people. No. No, you know what? We talked about this before. They're probably equals. They balance each other. Right, but like, I don't know. Whatever. He's he, the more adventurous one. Oh, totally. Yeah. She, he had to talk her into running. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's like, I really don't want to do this. He's like, I, I know, but, uh, have you seen me? <laughs> have, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be present. They're gonna. Uh, I miss her and him so much. And now that I see them outside of the White House, they dress however they want to dress, oh. and usually that's really fly and vogue. Right. And so it's but like, like very relatable. Like fly. Like it's not like when when Obama <clears throat> wears his white shirt. Yes. Blue. This was like dark blue suit I with think no it's tie. Black now. Well, sometimes like sometimes he does the dark blue. Okay. And it is, I am sexually attracted to that man. <laughs> he said that so confidently. Like, I am, and I want to be clear, sexually attracted. I don't, this want, is, I don't want anything to get lost in translation. There's no, like, I am, I I, we have talked about this in the past, how I was just like, he's not attractive. Like, he's attractive in that he's like, he's a not an ugly looking guy. Yeah. He's a dad. He's like a no. I am currently incredibly sexually attracted to him. Um, and, and, and I make no qualms about it. Michelle <laughs> looks dashingly beautiful. beautiful. Oh. Just like, just incredible gowns. And, and just, I, I've been in love with that whole couple setup. I I could get lost. I could end this podcast right here and just like sleep comfortably tonight just thinking about them. Yeah. And I this is the way that white people in the 80s felt about Reagan. And I looked at it and I was like, how could anyone love a president right. that much? He yep. was just an average dude right. with average ideas. Yeah. And now I have this and I think uh, I, I'm probably like fantasizing this beyond what it actually right. is. Well, and th- another part of me is also like, you know when you like break up with somebody? Yeah. You sometimes like, there are moments, like even if it was like a bad breakup, like maybe there are, day- mm-hmm. like, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There are days where you're like, 
but like he was so kind to me or she was you know she like i loved the way that she held my hand or like i loved how he looked at me or like i love that diamond ring he got me after colorado wow wow you had to do that (laughs) she's got redeeming qualities yeah Everyone's got it. It's no matter good or bad. It was like, like every relationship it was like, has. It was like yeah. Right. Everyone's got some redeeming qualities. I think they would say like you got that Kobe ring. You got the Kobe. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. You got the Kobe ring. Um, but like I also wonder like because I look back and like there were things about his policies and things that he did that I wasn't a fan. Of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I there were moments that I wish he was more black, you know, or yeah. like more. Oh, and, first you at, mean the first term? At least the first term the and the second term, term. he. The last two years, he did not give a crap about anything. I have no more elections to run. <laughs> I know because I won both of them. <laughs> you heard that? That was the State of the Union. Our president <laughs> just checked everyone at the State of the Union. Holy. That was the blackest moment of the our country. <laughs> blackest. They, at, at, at a point where the black community was questioning whether or not this was going to be our black president, that statement alone <laughs> triggered a wave of events, confidence in the black community that said, oh, this motherfucker came to play today. Right. Oh, Because it's a long game. He's, he was always playing the long game. For sure. And like, I, I talk to a lot of people who are in whatever field that they're in, in work, I, I talk to them about like a lot of the white nonsense you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, white nonsense as far as like, the politics, the like how you should be dressing, how you should be talking, how you should wear your hair. Like I've had women of oh, color yeah. like talk to me about how I dress at work or how I do my hair or not do my hair yeah. or whatever it may be. And yeah. black women get it even worse, you know, like but a part of you needs to play those games so you can be in a place of influence. of power and yeah. influence so that you can make the, so he's like, I played a game for four years uh-huh. so that I, I made some I made yeah. some moves. Yeah. But not the way that I wanted to because I need it. And, like, let's be real. Like, things change. Life, like, mm-hmm. a lot of things were happening. He was the first president to even, like, talk about the LGBT community. Oh, you want to get a, you want to get into first? Yeah. We can talk about all, all the, the first. first. right? And so, like, I look at, back at him and I'm just like, of course he's not a perfect president. And, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't a god. But, god damn, he was pretty damn good, though. He was good. You want to know something? I got into it with a guy like, in the playful friendly way mm-hmm. i was out in brooklyn at, during the 2016 campaign mm-hmm. early on in the campaign oh yeah okay and this white photographer was out there with me and a, a graffiti artist and we were talking oh cool and he said uh i'm voting for jill stein or bernie sanders and i was like okay that's fine do what you want to do mm-hmm. this is before anything got real mm-hmm. and uh he's like you know i said oh, i'm gonna miss obama and he goes yeah, he wasn't a, as good as I wanted him to be. I was like, what do you mean? He said, he wasn't liberal enough. He was too conservative. He's like, come again? He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like, he needs to be like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is a radical right, or a radical left guy who's preaching a lot of things. And I'm like... How does that work? How said, did that work for him? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. You think... Bernie Sanders is how did we get to Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. do you think after Bush Bernie Sanders talking about like paid um, uh, what is it called maternity leave and paternity leave Mm -hmm. was gonna fly yeah 
after Bush? Nope. Okay, you needed eight years in between. Can I just do a short recap? The first president to do health care reform. Mm-hmm. Education, Successfully. Yeah, education reform. Mm-hmm. He did a call for gun control that had yep. never been done. Mm-hmm. First one to go to federal pre- penitentiary and re- talk about prison reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, first guy to nix the Cuba embargo mm-hmm. and reestablish relations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think gay people are okay. We legalized mm-hmm. gay marriage. Mm-hmm. First guy to say, yeah, I'm going to let two of my states smoke pot. Because <laughs> you know what? I plan on moving there at some point and smoke pot with them myself. <laughs> this guy's like... Just so you know, my children smoke pot and that's fine too. He's like, Obama's not liberal enough. I'm like, the first black guy came in office and did all of these things. And you're like, Bernie Sanders knows what it's about. You're welcome, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> For Obama... You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just look at all of that and say that I appreciate that in those moments. I don't remember a time where a president left office. I've only had in my lifetime Clinton, Bush, uh, like Bush won Clinton. Mm-hmm. Bush won for like a second. A no, second, yeah. yeah. Bush, uh, Clinton, Bush, and, and then Obama. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I don't recall a time where I, where people have been talking about the former president during the current president's time as much as we are Obama. Like, yeah. I don't remember, like. That's what 45 said, too. He's like, why is everyone talking about him like they love him now? You didn't like him when he was in office. Why are you talking about him because, now? Because you're actual garbage. Because you suck. Because <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are hot, flaming garbage. Because the people who thought he was terrible are now looking at him with different yeah, eyes. They're like, oh. He wasn't hot, hot, flaming garbage. You are, sir. <laughs> oh, I was never entirely embarrassed before. Yeah. Now I'm embarrassed. Yes. So anyway, I figured we should end on that note in our gallon <laughs> section of some goodness because, you know, trash is trash. We talked about the trash earlier. So you good with that? Do you want to add anything No, else? I feel great. Thanks for uh, talking about the Oscars. Yeah, now man. Now you know. You didn't need anything else. Ooh, you okay there, bud? No, it's not coming out my nose. You should move on. To the <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's keep it moving. Ugh. All right, all right, all right. It's time to talk some ball. Um, I haven't watched a ton of basketball. We just watched um, a play against uh, it's the Celtics versus um, the Minnesota Timberwolves where... The Minnesota Bulls. The Minnesota... <laughs> no, you're not right for that. We we're saying that because D-Rose got traded to... Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't get traded. He, he's signing with the Timberwolves. Yeah, after not having a job for <laughs> yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, and our man, Jalen Brown, went down a little hard. But thankfully, he got up and started walking. Yeah. And he's good. Hopefully, it's just a concussion and mm-hmm. they sit him out for a couple of weeks so that he yeah. is okay. Um, but, yeah, so I haven't really watched a ton of basketball. I've been, like, keeping up to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockets are rocketing. Yeah, they are. My God. I think they're up to 13 straight now. Yeah. No, I think it's 17. I'll look it up. Either way. They, I mean, they are not doing terrible. No. They're doing quite good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So they're number one record in the league. Yep. Doing great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Cavs are still doing Cav things. Yeah, like, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. Yeah. So. It happens. 
Um, but I think the biggest thing this uh, this past week in the NBA, at least the biggest thing for me, and it has been to getting some traction or some uh, viralness. Viral? Mm-hmm. What's the, is, do you have a different word for this yet? Virality. Viral. Okay. That's not any better, bud. <laughs> it's, it's an idea. It's a, it's an idea. There's a lot um, of W's on the Houston Rockets page. I don't care. To count yeah, that. It's too many. <laughs> you just keep getting W's. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So something that's been kind of a prominent news thing that happened in a good way is about DeMar DeRozan of the Toronto Raptors and Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Do you know what's going on with it? Do you want to... I do. Okay. Do you want to just do like the highlights, the tweet version? The highlights, if you checked our social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, is... Facebook, yeah, and Instagram, and we did it in our stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that DeMar DeRozan put out a piece for the Toronto Star. Uh, a he little... tweeted first. He, tw- he put out a tweet first that just said, sometimes the depression gets the best of me. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. And everyone's like, what's what? that supposed to mean? Yeah. It's a cryptic message. He's right. like... No, straight up, I have depression. And right. I get depressed sometimes. Yeah. So, and I'm this quiet person that, mm-hmm. like, this is just kind of who I am. And yeah. I treat people with respect. Yeah. Like, right. Like, my whole life, even as a young person, I've been dealing with uh, depression. And so it's it sometimes gets me down and I have moments and moods like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just something I've learned to cope with. Yeah. And so I may come across as a little standoffish. Right. Um, I'm just trying to make it through. Right. And so you just look at this. He's very human right. in this He's always been piece. like, he's always been like this sweet soul to me. Like every time I've yeah. seen him, he's always just seemed like this, like mm-hmm. this quiet soul. That's, that's very always, quiet. Like just like this quiet soul, great player. Assassin on the court. So good on, on as far as the, as far as the paint and the and the basketball court is concerned, but yeah. like, but he always just looks like this this dove out mm-hmm. there, just floating and yeah. and and delicate. But he's very aggressive on the paint, and so people would compare him to Kobe or Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade or something yeah. like that. Um, but I was I was always questioning like, this guy's killer instinct doesn't seem to be the same. Mm. Like it just didn't register that way right. to me. But now hearing him talk As about this no, piece, there was no ego with him. Like there's no ego about mm-hmm. it. And yeah. So when you hear him talk about this in the Toronto Star, he's saying. I think I get my demeanor partially from my um, my mental state, mm-hmm. my, my my mental wellness around depression because mm-hmm. I do have to be. I do come across as more quiet, and mm-hmm. I do, you know he just doesn't. He's very reserved and within himself a lot right. of the time. He puts his input, like his focus is his family, his friends, his basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very all the other stuff is just not yeah. important. So he came and he opened up for the Toronto Star, talking about mental health mm-hmm. in a way that. Players don't do that in any sport. Yeah. Like, it's very rare. We had, uh, I think it was Brandon Marshall that came out yes. uh, in, in, in football. He's bipolar. I bu- no. Yeah. He had some kind of borderline personality no, disorder. No, bi- I, I thought it was bipolar. Okay. I think it was bipolar. Yeah. yeah he, I think he stated that he was bipolar. Okay. So, yeah, some people come out in, in that regards. But Brandon Marshall, uh, he was written off as kind of a loose cannon or like right. some weird guy mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. He could be a bit erratic right. on the field. And, and that might be also to do with, like, the sport itself, right? Like, yes, exactly. Like, I think that, like, attributes to potentially the narrative around mental right. wellness. People wrote it off as, like, he's a really out-there football player. Right. You know, some guys put on the war paint on yeah, their yeah. face and all that. He's kind of like that. Yeah. He, uh, but he's like, I have, I have bipolar. Yeah. Um, so there's that's something to consider. Yeah. But in basketball, we hadn't had anyone really come across that way. 
Um, Dennis Rodman back in the day yeah. was far out there. Yeah. But no one attributed but everyone, any... Everyone just thought he was weird. Like, right. it was like, in the same way, like, oh, he cross-dresses. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. You but know? if you look at Dennis Rodman's upbringing, mm-hmm. I bet you we could do a lot of excavating Oh, on there's a lot of things we could, we but, could do, uh, yeah. DeMar DeRozan comes out and just very candid. And then shortly thereafter... Uh, it kind of influences Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It straight up influences Kevin Love. (laughs) He's like, I saw DeMar put this out there, Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what? I had a panic attack playing against the Denver Nuggets Mm -hmm. uh, before the All-Star break. And but he he was dealing with family stuff. He mm-hmm. he was dealing with a lot of things going on in his life. Yeah, and he was just like, and my heart started racing, and it was. He's everything got like a little dizzy mm-hmm. and like, uh, and then he just collapsed on the floor of his locker room eventually. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't talk about that, and I think it's important for people to know. Even though we make millions of dollars, Demar said this too. He's like, we're, we're real people dealing with a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. things that in our lives, in our personal lives, professional lives, and that can seem like a huge amount of weight. And so Kevin Love came out and just said very, you know, in the Player Tribune, the NBA Player Tribune, um, I had a panic attack, which I never had before, mm-hmm. under these conditions. Right. And I'm comfortable talking about that. Yeah. And so the outpouring from LeBron, players around the league, Everybody. other people, was just yeah. like... Just super affectionate for both these guys and just saying like, wow, this is really bold. Especially, you know, for for players who are just supposed to shut up and dribble. Um, it's pretty great that they're using their platforms for things like mm-hmm. politics and pop culture related things and mental wellness. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier off mic about like, you know, men are supposed to be like boys are raised to be like boys will be boys boys you know they're going to be tough they're not going mm-hmm. to you know they're going to rough house they're going to do these things that are yeah we, like, get, we like, all get axes at the age of three right we do our lumberjacking yeah absolutely five and then you get your your bow right. and arrow right and then eventually you get your gun um, well yeah that's at 10 yeah and then you get your ar-15 at like at 15 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I but, still wait on my AK forty seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's my retirement plan. Yeah, I'm sure. That's I'm my sure. gift. <laughs> Good Jesus. Um, no, but thinking about it, like you know, we expect boys to be this way. It's like you shouldn't. You, you know, there's there's the, the thing like you know, be strong, don't cry. Like these are things mm. that I heard even growing up that pe- like teachers and coaches would say to guys. Don't be sensitive. Don't be sensitive. Don't have these feelings. Right. Like, and then don't you be wonder, a girl. Yeah, and then don't and you wonder why. Some of these men can't like sustain like healthy relationships with people. <laughs> like, like I'm talking to you and you're not telling me about your feelings because you're you're feeling depressed and you don't know how to put words to that. <laughs> Yo, yeah, talking about emotions. <laughs> yeah, like what is that? What is I that? I mean, anything? do you know how to do that? Alex? Let me tell you this. Let me say this. I will. I. You've been better about it. Oh no, I've I'm I work in an arena in a sector where I have to talk about that. And you don't I'm like it, but you do. No, I don't mind doing it. If, at a point. I like doing it so much that I almost don't do it because it just sounds like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Let me mm-hmm. talk about like how I feel. Right. Because it can come across as just like, yeah, yeah. You're talking about your inner workings and it's right. your all deep or something. It doesn't matter. But when I was a, a kid, mm-hmm. when I was getting my first job, I worked at Michael's Arts and Crafts as a teenager. Right. That was my first job. And I told them, hey. You would I, as the I, artist. I can paint. I can draw. I can do all these things. Like, yeah, whatever. I know a lot about the product. So yeah. I can help you out. 
they're like, uh huh. They hired me straight up because I was a guy who mm-hmm. could do all the guy things right. around the place. You can lift the, the heavy Lifting boxes. Lifting stuff, moving stuff, right. sweeping stuff. I was right. doing all of this like labor stuff. I wasn't just like stocking shelves. Right. So they, uh, they hired me and I worked with all women mm-hmm. from range 16 mm-hmm. to 60. Right. And I was just around women all the time, constantly talking about their feelings mm-hmm. and their relationships and their families. And I had to like tap into that. For three years I worked there. Right. I was so sensitive. <laughs> I was so attuned. I just can't imagine you being that I sensitive. I was so attuned because I was very receptive to what they were saying. And I right. loved Nancy and Nancy and, and like... <laughs> you had multiple Nancy's? We had two Nancy's. Um, and I did all the other girls who worked there. But um, Ashley and Sam and all these people. But uh, anyway, then my buddy was like, hey, I got this other job for you that will make you a lot more money. Right. And it's, a, val- valet it's a valet job at a casino. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got the job. Did not know how to drive stick shift. But I told him I did. So I learned on the job. <laughs> nice. Sorry to whoever uh, PT Cruiser that was. Uh, <laughs> and so I took this job working with. All men. All dudes. Because girls can't drive. Because you, well, there was one at first, but she left shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. She was like the brassy one who was like, yeah, I can drive like the fellas, whatever. She'd been there for like a year. And right. then finally she was like, man, forget you dudes, you left. Yeah. And so it was just me and all the fellas, young, immature guys. Yeah. And we were the, you do not talk about feelings, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, any kind of the med- bad day you were having? No, your emotions go out the door as soon as you walk into that job, and you have to be hardened, mm-hmm. insensitive, and if someone gives you and just guff, plain old penises, yeah, you give them guff <laughs> back. We were very crude and not um, not sensitive at all, so it was mm-hmm. a juxtaposition, and I noticed my demeanor change mm. because of that shift in my uh, work experience. Now I work here with a mixture of folk mm-hmm. and we talk but you're not like a you aren't a feelings person though no i wouldn't describe yeah, myself as you such. are not a feel, feelings person whatsoever when i mean have, i have feelings no i know i mean you're not a robot either and i'm very uh. like like there like i know like there have been moments where like you've shared like maybe a feeling and i've been like really you feel that way or the the, indigestion and, yeah you're specifically the indigestion the constipation right this you is know something in my colon and i'm just like hey you need more fiber in your in your diet and metamucil <laughs> yeah take absolutely. care of that i'll clear that right up and like but i think you know we all look at someone and we assume like we we assume who they are right we assume racially emotionally like we assume a lot of things about them yeah. the minute they walk into the room and so like oftentimes when I see a guy I'm like I'm assuming like probably not really in tune with his feelings probably mm-hmm. like is probably a jerk you know like you know like machismo. I just yeah like I, machismo like misogynistic like what I, you know what these are like things I could immediately assume of somebody if they walk in because of how they dress how they look whatever in the same right. way a person can look at me like oh she's a girl she must have all the feelings and be really dramatic. Knows nothing about sports. And knows nothing about sports. Yep. That's me. <laughs> and, and they're wrong, right? And, and I mean, but, and, and I think like, why is it that certain people, like people are wired differently, right? Like, and the fact that Damar can speak as openly as he did, like he's not a person to be in the limelight. Um, yeah. And for him to just very subtly just be like, man like it sucks like to have to, mm-hmm. sometimes depression gets the best of me um and like it is hard to like 
be with people or have relationships with people, whether, you know, romantically or platonically or in your family um, and part of your friend group that deals with depression or deals with any sort of mental yeah. mental illness, because like it, it's tough. It's 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 a tough thing to do, um, but it doesn't mean they're any less um, lovable or any less like capable of being full wonderful people Um, and the fact that and like I look at Kevin Love and I would have never thought that and it was the first time he had a panic attack too like he never had a panic attack before this I look at Mm. Kevin Love and his baby blue eyes and I'm just like you're just so cute (laughs) and tall and handsome and I look at your GQ (laughs) cover all the time I just you know (laughs) I uh, just look at you (laughs) I just what's the word um, when you uh, idolize someone for their body Worship? No, it's not. I. It's not not worshiping him. I'm, I'm just. I. Uh, oh God, people do. Uh, people do this to women all the time. They. Oh my God, what's the word? Something. Objectify. Nice. Thank you. That's the word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just you know objectify <laughs> it's him. Like, what? A, uh, it's not ringing a bell. The thing that men do to women. Oh, objectify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, as reparation, I uh, I objectify Kevin Love. <laughs> And Michael B. Jordan and Idris Elba. You're just looking William. at them. He's like, "Can I help you?" You're like, "I'm just getting my reparation." Yeah, I'm just, I'm just <sighs> drooling over you. Why can't I just do that in peace? <laughs> like I don't understand. <laughs> but like, I look at him and I would never think that someone like him, this tall, right. handsome, six foot ten, like incredibly athletic dude, right, have a panic attack. Sure, a panic. And I've I've had a minor panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had one in my life until uh, pretty like almost a year ago, um, coming to a year, and it was a mere. There was a lot of things kind of happening, and it just happened kind of publicly, and I had to like get up very similar to Kevin Love mm. and just like run to a bathroom <laughs> and mm. just be like, "Why am I feeling this way? Like, why is my heart racing? Why like I am like it's I'm starting to hyperventilate. I'm feeling." And what was it triggered by? Um, it was triggered by an email that was sent. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was a thing that happened. It was an email that was sent about an announcement of... Um, oh, right. Yeah. I was around yes. during this. Yes. I remember. Um, I kind of, I was just like, in that moment, I was just like... Because I didn't even tell you... Did I tell you that it happened? Yeah. Not the not, not the panic attack. That's the thing that the email was about. Yes, you did. did yeah, you? I did. I... Yes, I did tell you. I, I told so. you and two other people. Yes. Because um, okay. I was just like, I did. So essentially the email was yeah. like a good news for me, but like it was kind of like panic and Oh yeah, because we were waiting. Yeah, we were waiting email. for the, we were yeah. waiting for it to come out. Yeah. This announcement of this like good news about me. Essentially I got like a nice promotion situation at work, but it was like a, it was panic inducing because there was a lot of expectations put on me and right. I was just feeling very uneasy about it. A lot of like imposter syndrome nonsense oh, that yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. very, and like I just, I didn't talk to a lot of people about it outside of, I think it was you, my parents and my siblings mm. and like one other friend of ours. I told um, you you shouldn't do it. I'm just kidding. I was like, you're a jerk. <laughs> told you. No, I told Bri, uh, you are super qualified and you're the best person to do this. Oh, you're sweet. Um, I still don't feel, I still don't feel that way, but whatever. Um, well, that's, but that's you. That's that, your that, thing. That's, that's a bright problem. I mean, there are moments I feel that way and other moments I don't. Um, but in like in that moment, like it is, it is it's so pain. Like it's, 
you feel really helpless. Mm. Like, I know I felt, like, physically helpless. So I can only imagine this 6'10 dude who was told God. in his whole life, Ugh. you know, you know, don't cry, like, be strong, all these, like, all this garbage about man. what he needs to be. Be a man. What mm. the hell does that mean? You know? And it's now so... you're, phys- and you physically can't, like, you physically are just on the ground. Right. And there are guys in that locker room who are equally six foot five to seven feet tall mm-hmm. who have also been bred mm-hmm. with the same kind of same narrative uh, yeah ideology and outlook mm-hmm. and i can think of one guy in that locker room in particular who has a lot of deep-seated issues that he needs to confront that mess with... smith don't put some names out here you know it's really sensitive <laughs> You know, you know, he's real sensitive. sensitive. You know, Jay, I was real sensitive about that. <laughs> no, but like, but, I love but, like, that he's yeah, sensitive. I love, but I love that too, but I wish he, uh, instead of throwing soup at someone, you know, <laughs> oh. would talk about it in a way that was productive. So for those of you who don't know, J.R. Smith of the Cleveland Cavaliers threw soup, hot soup. He wasn't sure what kind of soup it was. I don't know, gazpacho or some shit. Yeah, he, some soup uh, at an assistant coach. Right. And he was suspended for two games, I believe, for doing one so. Game. It was a one game? Yeah. Okay, well. I would suspend him for a week. But I mean, but like if you, and I'm sure he was given that narrative too, to not be sensitive, to not show yes, your feelings. for sure. So thus, he doesn't, he may not necessarily know how to productively mm-hmm. show his feelings or talk his feelings out. Because that's like when you don't know how to express verbally how you're feeling, yeah. you physically do that. Yeah. Actually. Right? And so I hope like, he sees a therapist. I hope so too. I hope that's one part of the mandate. Like yeah. you're suspended and you go see a therapist. And you go see someone. It's the same way how I Talk feel about, about Kanye. I want him to see a therapist too. You know, like I, I think feel, he I mean, does. I hope he does. Sure. I oh okay. Maybe <laughs> you don't seem convinced. I know. I, I, I know for me going to see a therapist for the first time was um a few years ago maybe four and i went in not in knowing what uh-huh it was in new york because i had short i had moved here mm-hmm. and i went to go talk to this woman who was really good she was very helpful mm-hmm. and she was she asked me some questions and from those questions she said oh it sounds like you have generalized anxiety I was like, we what does that mean? And I was like, oh, oh wait, no, 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 I can figure this out. It's anxiety, words. but it's very general. Right, it's, <laughs> it's not specific. And she goes, yeah. So it's words mean things. She, yeah, yeah. She gave me. A, so I met her uh, with her for a number of sessions, and she gave me like a workbook to to mm-hmm. like do on my own time. And that was it. Was like you don't realize mm-hmm. that you have something until it bubbles up to a point. Where I was in a new environment that made me notice things about myself that right. I hadn't noticed before. And it took a professional to s- analyze that and say, oh, you've probably had anxiety your whole, whole life. Because yeah. she was like, are you good at this? Do you, you know, do this? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, yeah. People have always kind of said that about me. She goes, yeah, you've probably always had this. But then you moved to New York City and it it's exacerbated everything. It's just such a different... <laughs> Right. playing field right but here in this environment and this is i mean anyone who lives in new york would know i was on a gallery tour the other day mm-hmm. oh like some weeks ago um with a group on a meetup and one of the women there uh she works in downtown manhattan she does like art dealing stuff for people and 
she was, I was like, oh, we got to talking about something that we both had in common. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I can't. I'm not supposed to drink as much because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to give that up. But it's really hard because, right. like, it's so much a part of my routine is right. drinking and coffee. I was like, well, yeah, because, like, it, it fuels you and it relaxes you. Like, right. those two things because New York City is a pressure cooker. Right. And she just, like, her eyes went wide. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, smacked my arm and goes, like, how did you know? It's like, like, no. You're like, yeah, I went to therapy and they told me that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> and, also, that. Yeah. and also, like, I live in New York and right. it always feels like a brush. Yes. <laughs> it's like, have you not looked around? Have Everyone you went, looks... Have you just gone outside? Have right. you just gotten up? Yeah, no. Have <laughs> like... you seen people walking? They're <laughs> yeah. going places. Their shoulders are never down. It's no, just like right up just here. tensed up on the neck. That's why people go for massages. And I so... went for a massage day and, my, and the, yeah, the masseuse was yeah. like... Use the elbows? They use uh, the elbows? Yeah, so I did it during my lunch. Mm. And uh, they were like, you are so tight. Like, my whole yeah. back. And, like, I'm also tight because I'm doing, like, 100 push-ups a day now. Um, oh, hell yeah. So I'm just, like, tight because, like, my muscles are... to join the NRA with those guns. <laughs> yeah. Check you I'm out. To, I'm trying to get that Michelle Obama arm so that I could be oh. a portrait and be a queen. A queen. <laughs> you know, all those things. <laughs> um, but, no, like, it's, it's wild to, like, think... You know, I'm glad that both of us shared that we have things that, like, I know I have generalized anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's just a part of who, who I am. I know I know I have moments of depression. It's mm-hmm. not depression where I'm, like, like it's there and I'm there for a long time. It's just, like, I, I have moments of, like, darkness yeah. that happens. And that's okay. And I know, and I, and sometimes I sit in that darkness for a second. And then I'm, like, okay, now I have to get out of it and move on. And, like, but I went to therapy. I've, like... I have multiple forms of therapy that I use to that's a good point like to get me there like to get me out right mm-hmm. For, sometimes that is going to church every Sunday yeah. sometimes that is going to my therapist you know every other week or once a month sometimes that is singing in the shower sometimes, sometimes for me that's a podcast some, yeah sometimes that is sometimes it's our conversations every Thursday you know yeah. like sometimes it is journaling sometimes it is you know I'm going to go out with my camera and mm-hmm. take pictures like you we do things for ourselves to so get fair. out of the, to take care of ourselves and when you are in a in moments where you, it's pressure cooker work is difficult things are going on with your family things are going on with friends like you have personal things you're dealing with finances like there's all and so like when you have those moments when do you just release a little oh my god and so i think about these basketball players that's all it is right Mm -hmm. like that is like let me just say which is why i think all of them like whine now so much because they need to wind down (laughs) i cannot imagine the life of a basketball player i I really can't and when i think especially like a like a lebron or or anyone in the rockets or like just like how do you how do you sustain 17 wins straight how do you when i think about what not i mean there's that piece but there's also the practices and there's the road games and mm-hmm. there's the traveling and the family relationships there's no cons- the there's money no like consistent and the agent mm-hmm. and the people who are in your friend group mm-hmm. and who are the people who really love you and trust you who are the people who are your friends and people pretending to be your friends yeah what do you do with your money who do you give your money to mm-hmm. what are the charities what are the taxes and you didn't go to college. Yeah. So you're trusting other people to hopefully do your stuff right. You know, which so you don't house, have an Allen. So you don't have an Allen Iverson. And what, what what house are you gonna live in? Mm-hmm. In what town? Because you might get traded. Right. And then what are you gonna do with that? It was like, how is it gonna affect your children? How is it gonna, like it's just wild. And, and then if you don't have the mental capacity to work around those things, yeah. which I.e. I'll say this: if you didn't go to college and you're playing a professional sport, 
where the entire world looks at you and judges you based on putting a ball in the basket. Because mm-hmm. all you're supposed be, to do is shut up and dribble. Yeah, that can be. If you feel like yeah. there's more complexity to you, what did uh, Emerson say? Mm-hmm. I contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. Like these players are multifaceted. LeBron James feels like he wants to speak on political issues. With he Cause only he's more graduated than from high school because he's more than just an athlete. Yeah, but he graduated from high school and didn't get the accolades that someone on like a Fox News mm-hmm. might have. And so for Harry to talk down to him, mm-hmm. he feels like I'm successful in a lot of arenas. You can't. Right. I'm not going to let you do this. Right. To me, but someone else is looking down on him because no matter how much money he makes, like your degrees and accolades, all this stuff feeds into this like mental trapping mm-hmm. that we put around and elitism ourselves. too in, in, in elitism. some ways and that wears on people and people don't think that matters but honestly if you start taking all these little dings on yourself right and you're, you're knocking yourself for finances physical wellness your body family situation it's like a million paper cuts it's all these paper cuts yeah and then and eventually you bleed you're bleeding. out yeah it's yeah. just it's not a so mental wellness and that's i went to when I see my doctor for my yearly checkup, mm-hmm. she always asks me those basic questions like, are you, you know, how much are you smoking? How much mm-hmm. are you drinking? How mm-hmm. much are you eating? Whatever. Um, and she asked me, uh, do you, what was it? she said, do you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I mean, what do you, what yeah, do you mean? Like, <laughs> she yeah, just there's... laughed. <laughs> and she just laughed and she's like, oh, right. Like we're in New York. So yes, <laughs> I'll just say yes. <laughs> it was like, right. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Like, don't, don't we all? <laughs> like, I assumed everyone did. Yeah. But and that's the thing. Like, we all, like, I think sometimes you're like, oh, you're depressed. Like, it must, it must mean you're bro- you're this broken person that can't be fixed. Oh, you have anxiety. You must be oh, this yeah. broken person. That, you're defined by it and in their not. eyes. And, and the same way that for me to openly say, I talk, I talk right. to a therapist and that I have days that I feel not great. And I have mm-hmm. days that I, or, and I have moments multiple moments in the yeah. day where I have anxiety of like crap did I do this right because you're a thinking feeling person because I'm a whole person you're a reflective person yes and I have and I have you know who the... doesn't have depression or anxiety mm-hmm. 45 oh god you like, know why I was hoping that we weren't going to talk about well that. <laughs> he has no he has no ability to reflect right or empathize or right. do anything else because but, he is yeah. a cyborg but to for <laughs> someone to look at someone who might say they have depression or anxiety they'd say oh that person's a little broken actually you've got a lot of parts working for you. Which for you to be able to even think about it. For you to feel at that mm-hmm. level um, requires a lot of introspection. Yeah. And and support, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think of DeMar DeRozan saying that, like, his mom was a huge support for him and, like, told him to be kind to people because you never know where they're coming from. Yeah, that's really and important. And so um, I think of, like, you know, people who maybe are in a lower socioeconomic class, which maybe a lot of basketball players oh, yeah. are coming from, like, you know, when talk about a lot of athletes, the mm-hmm. the sports was their way out, right? Their way out of the neighborhood or whatever. Um, like, it, when you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you're not always thinking about your mental wellness. You're thinking about what food you need to eat. So, yeah. like, it's it's all really interconnected. And I think it's super amazing and super great that two very different dudes – Tamar DeRozan and Kevin Love mm-hmm. spoke about their their mental mental health mm-hmm. in a way that was one productive um, and well received and kudos to the whole league mm-hmm. and other players and uh, other athletes around the the world and country to to say they salute them and they think they are the strongest men for doing so mm-hmm. um, which is which I think. For a LeBron James to tell a Kevin Love, who supposedly was a problem for the for the Cavaliers, 
he wasn't. It was Isaiah Thomas. Never Kevin Love. Um, that you know, like you're you're the strongest. Like you're the strong dude. Don't worry. Yeah. Like you know, we're here for you. Like that's amazing for like the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that really hurt to say that, guys. <laughs> that really hurt. Yeah, welcome. To, <laughs> to welcome. say Witnessing. that. <laughs> I hate you for I hate you for doing this to me. Witnessing greatness, <laughs> like to to witness this great player, one of the greatest of our time, one of the greatest of our time, uh-huh. to say that to his teammate. Yeah, you know, and to support his teammate with with no ego, no putting him down, and saying like, "I'm glad you're feeling your feelings, mm-hmm. and I'm and I support you in that, and I support anyone to do that." Like that's great. So kudos to the both of them. I'm, I'm... I'm going to take a step further and encourage anybody yeah. to really go get that checked out because we, we go to the doctor mm-hmm. for physical stuff. We take our car to the mechanic. Yeah. Routine checkups. Yeah. And we act like we can't take our brains in to go get a, a, yeah. a little tune up as well. Yeah. And it's this idea of like, no, if I go in there, that means there's something not right working with my brain. And no, my brain's totally fine. It's like, is it because you're a human being? being like mm-hmm. this this like idea that we have to be perfect in our minds mm-hmm. is such this this dangerous misnomer where we feel like we that perfectionism tendency mm-hmm. leads us down a road of it is dangerous. ego yeah and just pride. like not pride not admitting our faults mm-hmm. not admitting we're human and living with lack and, of empathy lack of empathy mm-hmm. because you haven't you you have a hard time accepting yourself when you can accept that's yourself, been the, that's been the theme of our conversations, even off mic. <laughs> just accept. That's what we've been talking about off mic. Even just accept yourself, and when you can't, if you can't accept yourself, it's hard to accept other people mm-hmm. and other things in your life, or even to see their perspective. Because there's mm-hmm. a matter of like it's it takes reflection to to know know thy know thine self. You know, like to know yeah. yourself, and then to be like, I know who I am, and I know that I'm a complex being that has has these has moments and has good moments has bad moments has mediocre moments mm. and i can look at another person and and see them for who they are and as a person who has good moments bad moments and mediocre moments too yeah. and that's okay and at the end of the day we hope that everyone's trying to be their best yeah we can hope for that and give people those benefit of the doubt until they give us a reason not to but there's a, there's a level of once you know yourself and, and reflect on yourself, you're able to give that to others too. Give each mm-hmm. other that grace because yeah. a part of knowing yourself is also giving yourself grace of yeah. like, I'm not, this is not my day. Like, not my, to, day. like not my day. This is not my moment. This was not a, this was not a good look <laughs> for me. Like, that's fine. You know? Yeah, not my favorite moment. Yeah. But you know what? It's, tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to be ready for that one. Yeah, I, I remember that workbook that I was assigned mm-hmm. from my therapist and it, was so there was something so simple in one of the sentences Mm -hmm. that explained something i didn't think of you know how language is important right yeah so words mean things the word recreation recreation yes i had never broken it down into its words recreation Mm -hmm. i was like it's just like oh it's a recreation Mm -hmm. it's a leisure it's a thing you do right but it's like no it's you're recreating yourself like what Oh, so, oh, do you work too much? Mm-hmm. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you stress yourself out thinking about all the things you have to do and things you haven't done? Yeah. And you need to get these done. Otherwise, it'll hurt your reputation or people, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It's like, have you taken time to recreate yourself? Because it seems like 
if you're working all the time, you're, not you're just taking yeah. all these dents and dings and all that, but yeah. you need to refashion and polish yourself. And yeah. that was the first time I gave myself permission to read more mm-hmm. for just fun, it's part of the fun yeah. and play basketball or go outside, mm-hmm. go for a run instead of just like constantly focusing on the output and the production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once I did that and said, oh, I can't, I can't produce 24 mm-hmm. seven around the clock. I need to take a pause. You're not a robot. Not a robot. You got to go yeah. recreate yourself. And when I would recreate myself in the gym or, mm-hmm. you know, in the studio or whatever, then I could step back into the professional stuff right. and get it done at a much higher efficiency right. rate. Yeah. So, I don't I know. Love, thank you for breaking that down. I never looked at <clears throat> recreation that way. And I love, I love that that's the meaning of that word in a more, like, just the breakdown way. That's awesome. And if you are someone who, like, struggles with, like, the idea of finding a therapist, looking for a therapist, and, you know, it's like, oh. It took me it... a couple of tries before I found mine. Yeah. Because yeah, just... they're not all It's gonna... like dating. <laughs> it is like date Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dating because the... you're not going to like every person. They yeah. all, every, every therapist is a person. Yeah. So you're not going to like every person. And they have their own one. style and yeah. how to do it. Find, yeah. try them out, date a few people, but uh, don't, don't date your therapist. therapist. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. <laughs> That's not Do what not I mean. therapist. <laughs> but if the idea of like... Because that's unethical. If, yeah, that's kind of conflicting. <laughs> but if you were to uh, have struggles figuring out what kind of person do I want to meet with? Does it fit within my insurance? You know, what, how does this all work? Mm-hmm. Uh, start off with a book. Yeah. And go Google how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. See what the, the internet will tell you. Oh, what you're feeling might be described as this. It right. might be depression. It might be anxiety. Whatever. Right. Here's some books about it. Here's some articles about it. And psychology.com also has really great ways of finding therapists. Um, A lot of insurance companies, like if you go to their insurance site, like you can find a doctor within your plan. That's a therapist. So that's how I found all of the ones that I've talked to. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's lots of, and it's in, with psychology today, you can also like specify like, okay, it's this insurance, they have to take this insurance and, um, you know, I need them to be female and a woman of color mm-hmm. and like come from, you can come from like, oh, maybe someone who's like focused on LGBT stuff, people who are focused on like anxiety or like um, eating disorders or like mm-hmm. coming from a more religious Christian perspective. You can like, there's so many, so many things that are out there mm-hmm. that you could choose from that could be really helpful for you. Oh yeah. So, which is, Hey, check it. That's why the it's a good resource. There. Let's, let's, let's make it happen. Folks go see a therapist. Let's all take care of ourselves. Absolutely. There's only a couple other things happening. I mean, Oh, I don't want to talk too much about this, but just say it. I just, there's so much going, wait, hold on. I just moved from my screen. Oh, the NCAA garbage. I don't understand garbage. garbage. Steve Firestorm Kerr. of garbage. <laughs> Steve Kerr said something really good. Co- head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He said, I don't know if it's really good, actually. I still need to think through it a little bit more. But his proposal was this. The NCAA is struggling with people leaving after one year to go to the NBA draft. Mm. And that posed an issue. And so now more players are starting to think about just skipping the NCAA and going to play in Lithuania and Italy and all these the, other the clubs. Ba- like the Ball Brothers. Like the Ball Brothers. Mm-hmm. And so it's becoming this big issue. It's rising out of, if you're not aware, like, have you heard of the scandal at Arizona and all mm-hmm. these other colleges? I mean, in short, what can we say? They, they've they been kind of paying players under the table. Yeah. 
to get recruits mm-hmm. at these colleges. And they're not supposed to pay the players. Right. Which, that could be a whole nother conversation. It's a whole nother conversation where um, they should be profiting off these. indentured servitude is mm-hmm. alive and well with the mm-hmm. with college sports in general when it comes to mm-hmm. football, basketball, mm-hmm. specifically those two sports right. the most. Um, if you're a Duke program like Duke or North Carolina who mm-hmm. makes Ole Miss. tons of money. Well, you... It's very rare for an athletic program at a university to go into the black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier for an athletic uh, program to go into the red mm-hmm. because it is sustained by other auxiliary funds at a university yep. so they can pay for their players and games and all that stuff. But it brings notoriety to the university, so Absolutely. it's a big marketing tool. But at a Duke and a North Carolina and a Michigan and all these like big schools, it they make it. money. Yeah, and, and the players, players and the coaches are paid so much money. Sometimes millions. No, they are playing millions. It's well, not sometimes. Some, not all of them. Well, like the the big, like the Kochashevsky like and all them. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, Ole they Miss, make like they make mills, millions. And they uh, uh, what is it? Saban. Um, Nick Saban. Nick oh, Saban God. is the highest paid football coach. Absolutely. In all of NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. He's getting paid like Jesus money. Yeah. It's like God's he, plan money. Because he apparently is Jesus at Ole Miss. He's gonna, so. They're gonna name the stadium after him. Oh, absolutely. He, uh, but these guys make a ton of money, but the players we're not supposed to pay them right. right so these players are going to because the nba has a rule that you cannot come to the league uh until the age of 19 mm-hmm. so a lot of these players have to take a year go play college then they leave college to go play in the pros right. or if they're good if they're good and if they have the grades mm-hmm. so sometimes players say nah i'm not going to college i'm going to go ahead and go to italy or europe mm-hmm. or play there um so the NCAA is saying we're really corrupt and we've been paying players and we're not we're not yeah. checking it like the whole system's out of whack and the NBA has been watching and saying okay what can we do to help this situation so Adam Silver is proposing maybe uh players come in and play in the G League mm-hmm. for their first year and then we'll go up to the league right. once they're of age. It's kind of like a minor league, major like league kind of thing. Minor league. And yeah. so that's one idea. Steve Kerr is adding on to that. If a player declares themselves for the draft from college. doesn't get drafted. doesn't get drafted. Take them back to school. Bring them back. I think a part of me is like that makes logical sense it to does. me. It, it does. But I'm wondering but it also like, doesn't. who's not getting drafted are the guys... Uh, Are there Isaiah Thomases who almost didn't get drafted? <laughs> he was the last draft of the yeah, last. Yeah, that's like, a good point. He know? was like fifty nine or something. He was no, he was num- he was the last one. Yeah, yeah. So if he had not been drafted, he would have gone back to Washington mm-hmm. and played more. Yeah, like that's a perfect example. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a fine idea. Maybe I don't know how that works it's, with the recruiting schedule. It's it comes back down to I think. Like, you were the one who told me that, you know, because I was all like, I need these players to go to college. I want them to learn. And that's the educator in me, right? Like, that's the educator in me that wanting, that wants that. But some of these players, unfortunately, and I don't know more about basketball players, but I know for sure about football players from what I've seen um, and what I've heard. Like, they're not even at a reading level that where they should be in college. Um, because not all of them. Yeah. Definitely not sometimes. all of them. This is just some, some of them. So I think about it. I think about that and I think, what disservices are we doing that if we bring them to the G League or if they eventually go to the major, like the major leagues or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. which which with whatever sport, because NCAA is not an issue, not just for basketball, but football and everything. It's yeah. all 
garbage. It's hot, yeah. flaming garbage. Um, Just start and, paying the players. Yeah, well, let's pay the players so that because they're also like they're poor. In, they're poor. They're poor in college. They get so, no money. They just play. Right, and and called indentured servitude. And they have no time to do other jobs. <laughs> right, and because they are practicing or they're in class, if they go to class, this should be their job. Yeah. So thinking about all of this, it's I I think about like how what are we doing to build them to be successful when they become when they're part of like what life skills are we giving them if they're not going to get it in college because all they're doing is being on the field or on the on the court practicing what life skills are we giving them to be successful um to be financially smart to be mentally and emotionally well like you know thinking like learning about their body so they know how to condition their body that they are having the right people around them to like mm-hmm. all of those things are important too and so like if they don't go to college if they go to the g league are we also providing that for them as well i would love to see that because like lebron is a protege and that like he he is oh god he like the, the fact that he's a successful person right out of high school is an anomaly that doesn't happen that him does and kobe are like they're weird Jeez. right and it's him, because kobe tracy mcgrady kevin garnett yeah amari stoudemire uh those guys are not normal no they're not they and and i only think of lebron uh, lebron specifically because he around him had people that he trusted that that he knew wouldn't screw him over right and built a really solid team around him so that he could have a production company so that he could have uninterrupted feel free to sponsor us um and just even though even though i keep on making fun of lebron but it's because i love him so much i you make fun of those you love right that's the thing no you said something about his hairline (laughs) i did i sure did i do it at least once an episode he's not winning right now so (laughs) sensitive right now it's very sensitive very sensitive um he's jr smith sensitive um but no i just come back like he had the right people around him and like call it maybe good sense that he naturally has maybe it's his family like they gave him the sensibility to be good with what was given to him whether it be his talent whether it be the money whether it be all these different there things there had to be so many stars aligned for to make a person like this right and whether it innately happened to him or people guided him along right. the way i have a feeling it was probably both of those things right, right. like i think it's he's naturally just a phenomenon and he also had good people around him to make sure that he was not mm-hmm. making stupid decisions like the decision right well the decision was the only not great decision it took seven made. years for him to make that bad decision he was a pro for seven years before yeah. he made the bad decision yes he uh he but also he for all those stars to align I, it's very rare to make a lebron james but for every one of him there's at least four kwame browns hmm. you don't know who that is people no i don't because he i was, sure don't because that, that sounds sad exactly <laughs> Because he was the number one pick in a draft one year when Michael Jordan was the GM for the Wizards. And he said, this guy's going to be good. And who's Kwame Brown? Uh. He played high school ball and went straight to the pros. And he turned out to be not the guy MJ thought he was going to be. He wasn't ready. And a G League proposal is what Adam Silver's saying we should put in place to get those players up to snuff. But it's a maturity thing. Like, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Not the ability to play. Their bodies can play. It's the maturity thing. It's the maturity. It is the, it's the 
obviously the basketball intelligence needs to grow like the the bi needs to grow mm-hmm. but the emotional intelligence to make good decisions and be a professional like i know what it was like to be a grad student you know working and then being a professional person and working are very two different things your responsibilities are different your you know the expectations of you are different potentially like there's a lot of things so from high school playing what 30 games Mm -hmm. maybe 40 Mm -hmm. if you go deep into the like Mm -hmm. division conference state um then you go to play 82 games across the country Mm -hmm. for a professional right club Mm -hmm. we're talking about front office that ownership you're 82 games if you don't make it to the playoffs yeah, and then you go to the playoffs. Let's say then, you go, you're on LeBron's team. You're gonna be playing a hundred games a year. Yeah, and then you're getting checks from the ownership. Mm-hmm. You're living in a city mm-hmm. as an 18, 19 year old with a lot of distractions and a lot and of money. A lot of people wanting that yeah, penis. A lot of dick. <laughs> and did you see that uh, conversation between Kevin Durant and Michael Beasley? No, because they were friends growing up. Apparently, yeah, yeah, and they were just like. You know, Kevin's career went one way and Michael Beasley's went another sure. way. And so the interviewer said, you know, what, what's your take on that? Mm-hmm. That difference? Because you were both taking number two right. in draft, in your draft picks. Right. Both different number years. two in the, yeah. different years. And Katie said, uh, you know, first of all, these, <laughs> as an aside, these... Uh, companies need to stop telling the players how much we're making mm-hmm. we need to stop telling young people how much basketball players make because they see my figure of 25k mm-hmm. 25 mil i was gonna say 25k he <clears> less than me what a minute uh <laughs> and they think i'm gonna go play that it's like that's just not realistic right. and also so just let's, saying let's be real steph curry was making like a mil um, not that long ago. Real cheap. Yeah. Real cheap on the books. Now yeah. he makes 200 mil and everyone thinks, I'm going to go play ball. Yeah. It's not, the, it's not realistic. So Michael Beasley uh, was saying, you know, I got drafted to Miami and I'm 19 living in Miami. Making in a Miami. lot of money. Right. And so. I'm making some poor decisions. I was not that focused. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm lucky that. I did one year in Seattle, but then yeah. I was in Oklahoma City, right. and my and mom not... was on my ass mm-hmm. the whole time. You know his mom is the reason why he is who he is Yeah, today. <laughs> He's like, I had to, to toughen up in a city that there wasn't much to do with a parent who was a strong role model for mm-hmm. me. So I was straight and narrow, where mm-hmm. Mike went a different way a little bit. Uh, and earlier, to your point about like... We were talking about like transferable skills mm-hmm. for players. Like, what are we teaching these players? Like, mm-hmm. Mike Beasley said, "What would I be doing if I weren't playing basketball? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm good at putting a ball in the hoop. Yeah. But other than that, what else are we good at? And the thing is, like, a lot of people look at basketball players that way, right? Like, shut up and dribble. That's what you're good yeah. at. Don't do anything else. And I want like they're influencers. Like, we think of actors and we think of activists. Like, these are people that could influence our 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 culture and our communities and so let's let's give them the tools so they could be the most effective in doing so yeah i mean that's what you were saying about college though it's like this would be a good opportunity for them to develop their mind and jalen brown who we were just talking about earlier mm-hmm. 
This guy's speaking in Harvard already because yeah. he chose a route that was more intellectually curious. Mm-hmm. And like a, a, a Jeremy Jeremy Lin, like Jeremy he went to Lin, Yale. Yeah. Um, there's you know even a Shaq who is like a smart like. Yeah. He's not a dumb so he dude. Doctor he sure has his EDD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's Doctor Shaquille O'Neal. So you know, I'm just the, the, every player has the potential to be something more than just a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, but where does college fit into that? Where does the G League fit into mm-hmm. that? All of this stuff they're still working out. There's but a lot of variables. That's the conversation going on right now around college. Right. You want to know about someone who uh, did the one year stint in college and then came to the pros? Oh God, I have I'll a feeling. I talked to you about Alonzo uh, Ball. Because you just mentioned the ball boys, because mm-hmm. they're over in Europe trying yeah. to do their one year and then declare for the draft or whatever. Lamelo's going to have a couple years. Yeah. Their big brother Lonzo, he's playing oh, for the, the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought this was uh, cute. Um, <laughs> oh God. He was being he was being interviewed after a game. Uh huh. And the reporter asked him about his play because you know he's been out with an injury for a yeah, while. Yeah. And then he said, you know, you're back on the court. You had a nice showing tonight. Uh, do you feel like your performance tonight was vindication for you uh, in terms of all the uh, criticism you were getting from people mm-hmm. during your absence. And he said, sorry, what was the question? She said, do you feel like tonight was vindication for you? And he mm-hmm. said, I'm not even going to lie. I only did one year of college, so I don't even know what that means. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> and I. Actual. And God. I. Dear God. I laughed. He laughed. All the reporters nervously laughed. Oh, I'm being such an elitist right now. I know, and I, I, me too, in the sense I don't, of, I don't like how I'm feeling. I, I appreciate that he owned up to the fact that he did not know what that word meant. He did it in such a confident way. He's sure. Like, I made millions of dollars. I know I'm secure in my job prospects. I'll just tell you I don't know what that word means because I still have more money than like, everyone here in this circle. Right, but I feel like I knew what that word meant. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, nice to La- to Lonzo and say probably knew what that word meant like in high school. And I'll say, for me, middle school. <laughs> okay, same too. But I just didn't want to be you, mean. <laughs> you did. You did a good thing nice. there. That was really nice. I, I know nice. I have watched movies before where that word was used. Yeah. And because of context clues. Right. I knew what it meant. Right. But because the that... reporter framed it as such. Right. But I was just thinking like, Lonzo, you, one, I appreciate your candor. Sure. You're, you're a funny guy. Um, you had the potential to be a media darling if you can, you know. See yourself in this humorous light and right. be okay, comfortable yeah. with that. I'm but, glad he was able to do that. That was like yeah, a sweet. He way wasn't to do self it. conscious yeah. about. It. He's like, hey, straight up. We all know I went one year to college, right? <laughs> a lot yeah, I don't Le- know things. <laughs> LeBron did that one one time too. I forget what the question was. And he's like, like y'all know I didn't go to college. <laughs> so, um, after all his success and the right. claim and all this yeah. stuff, but like, yeah, I don't know. It, it for me, Alonzo is uh, he's back on the court. He's playing well and he's doing interviews. And he's starting to look like one of the better rookies in this class. He's starting to come around. Still not going to be rookie of the year, though. He's not. This rookie class is deep. Yeah. And people are talking about, could this be one of the best rookie classes of all time? We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Right now. I mean, they're good. Right now, it's still um, Ben Simmons and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So until somebody else stands out, De- Devin Mitchell a little bit, but. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's between the both of them. Yo, I think. I think Ben's gonna take it though. Those commercials on your TV right now. You can't see this at home. It's Clay Thompson shooting baskets on a grayscale, except for he's drinking this muscle brown milk? chocolate milk? milk. No, it's chocolate milk. He advertises for chocolate milk. Straight up chocolate milk. Just chocolate milk. Is chocolate that a brand milk. or is it just like actual chocolate milk? I believe it's just chocolate milk. It's All the right. dairy industry. Mm. All right. <clears throat> Clay's in bed with big dairy. Um, this is a vegan talking here. <laughs> Plant-based diet. I'm just saying, Clay Thompson, bathtub of gold shoes, drinking <laughs> your chocolate milk. You do your best life, Clay Thompson. Uh, oh, I do want to mention, uh, shout out to the Warriors mm. who did their... Uh, you know how when you win the championship, you go to the White House? Yeah. They didn't go to the White they House. They did not. But they did go to the D.C. area. Yeah. And, and they did, did they do service work there? They did service work there. That's awesome. With the kids and like the community. And uh, I thought that was a great way. They went to the African American History Museum. Uh, yes. And worked there. It's a really great museum if you make it to the uh, to D.C. You should check it out. Um, if you can get tickets. Yeah. But um, <laughs> do that Sorry, in that advance. Was... <laughs> do that in advance. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great that the Warriors... Uh, did their duty as champions in the most um, selfless way possible. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, bud. Is there anything else you would like to add? I got nada. You got nothing? I mean, it was a great, great job this week on basketball. We, there's a lot. Of, you know, it was very little basketball talk. Right, because the basketball players be doing some awesome stuff. Some good stuff. I and love I love the NBA. I do too. All right, let's keep it moving and talk about some dope people. Yeah. All right, it is now time to talk about some dope people. And I think it is uh, my turn first right so I'm I'm going to start um it for those of you don't know it is international women's day so I picked a dope woman um and so my person this week is Ava DuVernay um Ava DuVernay is a uh American film director producer and screenwriter film marketer um film distributor she's kind of a really all-around cool very versatile person. Um, she is best known, I think, in the in the world as like the director of Selma, Thirteenth, and more most recently mm-hmm. and most notably, um, A Wrinkle in Time, which is out in theaters. Make sure you all check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Duvernay was born in Long Beach, California. She was raised by her mother Darlene, who's an educator, and her stepfather, Murray um, uh, May, um, and she took, I believe, her biological father's surname um so that's just like about her uh she um she went to uh saint joseph's high school in lakewood and at the university of california los angeles where she did a double ba in english literature and african-american studies Hmm. so yeah so she went to ucla super cool um, she kind of started her career as a journalism person. She was, um, she interned for CBS News and was assigned to cover the O.J. Simpson trial. And Ooh. so that kind of like made her really interested in, um, in journalism. But that kind of like changed for her pretty quickly because journalism is, you know, a tough um, place Can to be. be. Um, and so she started working as a junior publicist for a couple of PR firms and eventually created her own PR firm called the DuVernay Agency, also known as the DVAPR. DVAPR. 
as it were, in 1999. And she helped do a lot of marketing for NPR for a lot of movies and entertainment and lifestyle industries. So like uh, Spy Kids, Shrek 2. She did those? Yeah, Dream Girls. Oh, she helped with all of those. I like that. Um, and she did other ventures too, uh, which is super cool. Um, and yeah, so, so she's like kind of a versatile person. Um, in that way that she was like working, she understood the journalism stuff. She did like a PR mm-hmm. um, marketing kind of route. And then at the age of 32, she picked up a camera and made her first film. She decided to take $6,000 and created a short called Saturday Night Life based on her mother's experience. Um, and it was a 12 minute film. Mm-hmm. And she created this at 32 with mm-hmm. no experience of understanding or trained like techniques Why that did she, she do it? um i think she just wanted to she said she did it over the christmas holiday like it was something All that right. she wanted to do um and then eventually she started going into documentaries because you could do that with smaller budgets mm-hmm. instead of like fictional like films yeah. um and so she started doing really cool uh shorts and documentaries related to things in compton um there was one that she did, uh, like where she the the Compton documentary. She literally did it in two hours. She filmed everything in two hours. Like wanted to capture Compton in two hours, hmm. um, and then obviously made a documentary out of it. Yeah. But uh, filming was only two hours itself. Um, so she she's been she was doing that since two thousand five. She's been creating creating work, um, and then the summer of two thousand eleven, she. Um, what did began the production of her second narrative feature film called middle of nowhere um and it she had written in 2003 but it never got financed and eventually she went to this 2012 sundance film festival and played uh, all of that and she won the u.s director's award dramatic writing um for duvernay and it was the first person first african-american woman to ever win that prize mm. so very cool and that eventually kind of catapulted her to do um to get the name that she needed to do Selma and eventually um, other products from that. Um, She was um, considered to direct or potentially co-direct Black Panther, but she declined that. Um, And obviously we all know Black Panther was directed by Ryan Coogler, Mm -hmm. who's just freaking dope person as well. Um, But yeah, so she's uh, directed Selma. Um, She was part of the, the, not the controversy, but she, people were like, why wasn't she nominated for Best Director? Because that was the year that Oscars were super duper white um, yeah, I in 2014. Um, she created this amazing documentary called 13th. It's on Netflix if you haven't it's seen a good it. One. It's a really good one. And Wrinkle in Time. Um, so there's other things that's in the production. She is the producer, creator, writer for queen sugar which is an amazing amazing show um i i know you're not you don't watch it but it's a really I don't great need show i know you don't need sugar but it's about a family a black family that owns sugar and, um, and it's very okay it's very cool um but yeah so she's my dope person and um she uh has really really is excited about the inclusion writer that um, mm. that actress talked about. She hopes that it changes um, the way Hollywood does things. So, and she's also, um, you know, she's a, as she says, she's a storyteller. She's not a historian. Um, and, you know, she's very clear when her documentaries are documentaries and when her movies are not documentaries. Cause Selma got a lot of critics about how she took some liberties in the history 
uh, storytelling. Yeah, it was um, essentially true. Yes, which is true. It right. was essentially true, though. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ava DuVernay, dope person this week, and happy she, International Women's Day to her and to all the dope women, femme, and allies out there. She's good people. Yeah. Well, all right. I like that. I'm going to go in the same vein of choosing a woman nice. this month. Yes. Um, it's one that we all know and love from the basketball community. Oh, my God. Which one? Friends and family, the great, wonderful Doris Burke. So, I love Doris. You know, so does everyone. She's so does, sweet. So does um, and she, Drake. She can play. Drake. She sure, he sure does. Love Doris. No, she really could play. When I did more research, I yeah. realized like... She got I good handles. I saw her dribble on the court before in heels. Uh-huh. I was like, Doris is out there with some handles. And uh, it was hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when I read her, her dossier, her bio, I go, oh... You're not new to this. You're true to this. Mm-hmm. So here's here's well, good rocks, good bars right there. <laughs> flames all day. Um, here's what we need to know about Doris Burke. All right, tell so, us. So um, she's a Providence College alum, the Friars. Cool. The Friars, yes. Friars. Um, and so the, I think it's really important to talk about her now because she is being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, receiving sure, sure. the Kurt Crowder, uh, Kurt. Gowdy mm-hmm. Media Award. Yes. So for her excellence in the field of journalism covering and announcing for these games. So, um, yeah. She was an analyst at ESPN since 1991. What? A long time. Damn. Um, and was, Some of our listeners weren't even born then. And she was named... Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And she uh, was named a full-time NBA analyst prior to this current season. Mm. So that's why you started seeing her more. Mm-hmm. It's because she just... Mustered up, you can see this on uh, HBO mm-hmm. coming up soon with uh, Brian Gumble. She talks about mustering up the courage to go into ESPN and say, you know, I should be a full time analyst. And they say, wait, hold on a second. She just became a full time analyst? Just this year. What in the actual what? She was covering and doing some right. she interviews. Does, she and does all the that. sideline interviews. Yeah, but yeah. now you can actually see her calling plays behind a game. You know, she's there That's next wild. to Mike Greenberg and those guys. She was not one of those. She was, you know, that was Jeff Van Gundy. Right, that was, right. uh, Mark Jackson, these right, guys. Right. And Jeff Van Gundy was one of the people who said, like, Doris, the hell are you doing not calling these games? You're doing sideline. You should be here calling games. Yes. And so she's a full-time analyst thank uh, you awesome ally yeah that's awesome and i mean that's probably less spots for him but he's like you earned this also white man just sit down <laughs> like you know like <laughs> jeff van gundy uh, we love Je- wow. he does not appreciate your comments about jeff van gundy apparently so. <laughs> wrigley stop it buddy stop it we're all, all right. jeff van gundy fans here buddy all right <laughs> it's okay calm down all right, continue so um she went to providence college where she played for the friars from 83 to 87 Led them uh, an assist during her uh, three of her four seasons with the program and was all Big East selection each year. She led them in assists for all these years uh, and the record, the total record of assists until 2012. So right now she's second. So just for a long time, for more than 20 years, her record stood. That's almost 30 years. All the time assists for yeah, their she college. She could take LeBron. Yeah, she's out here like dishing yeah. dimes. She's like no. dropping dimes. <laughs> um, she she led the Big East Conference and assists two straight seasons from eighty five to eighty seven. Um, in addition to earning all Big East honors, 
Burke was selected to the uh, Kodak District All-American team in 87. So she's All-American. That's wild. She also was named to the Big East All-Tournament team twice during her career and is one of only three players in program history to make the All-Tournament team multiple times. Wow. So, I mean, accolades. She's got hardware like Home Depot. Right. So she's, she knows she's not just a good ball handler. She she got some she got some coins to some trophies to prove. Yeah. yeah. She's a member of the Providence College Athletic Hall of Fame and the New England Basketball Hall of Fame. And as I mentioned, soon to be Naismith uh, Hall of Fame That's as well. That's so cool. She's just killing the game. Um, she also, I learned, called some games for the New York Knicks. What? In her time. And so she's uh, she also has been an analyst for WNBA games and was the first female commentator to call a New York Knicks game on radio and television. That's awesome. Uh, the, the, I mean, she was one of eight children. Whoa. That's a lot. Um, that the youngest. Lot. Mm-hmm. And she, her maiden name is Sable. Mm. Doris Sable, in case you didn't know. So in the, the Friars title, that's probably what she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she married... Greg Burke in 89. The couple have two children. Sweet. Born 93, 95. Um, they're divorced. I just reading further. <laughs> That's fine. It happens to 50% of marriages. <laughs> um, but her broadcasting career goes on. Other accolades include uh, the Providence College Hall of Fame, in case that wasn't clear. She received the USA Today Rudy Award as the best new face in sports television um, in two thousand. Four, she was inducted into the Institute of International Sports Scholar Athlete Hall of Fame. And the Providence College awarded her honor an honorary doctorate degree for just nice. like doing what she does already, just right. for fun. Um, and several other things here from the NCAA and others. Silver Anniversary Award for crap that's amazing in the <laughs> NCAA. And just because usually the NCAA is hot garbage, but like for Doris, we'll give it to him. I'm just like looking at the figures and the number of things that she's covered NBA finals, yeah. ABC radio coverage for multiple finals games. I mean, just if you go on her Wikipedia page and you just look at the number of people that she interviewed and games that she covered and broadcasting, radio, and television, Doris has been in this game. For the long haul, and I'm just so so happy that she is a full time ESPN analyst because she absolutely deserves it. It's about time. Congratulations, and um, on the Hall of Fame induction as well. Yeah, absolutely. That is a super dope person. Well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved. And mm-hmm. I also just think of Drake, my boo. Well, my booish. Um, right. You're gonna have to fight her. Um, and that's fine. And I'll let her win. Yeah. Because I could take her, but yeah. I'll let her win because I have mad respect for her. Drizzy. Yeah, she's so, great. Well, great episode, bud. Yeah, thanks. Um, we had a good a good run here. Yes. For for the International Women's Day, I say we did quite well. Yeah. Talked, about, talked a lot about our feelings like women do. Yeah. I'm okay about it. All right, folks, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, subscribe and rate uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Apple Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Uh, check us out. Slide into our DMs. Talk to us. We're around. Uh, yeah, it'll be it's a good time. So have a wonderful rest of your week. We will, uh, you know, 
just uh, continue being dope and uh, we'll catch you later. See ya.